welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only with your hosts, Jay Simmons and Matt Winnetoy. Matt, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty excited about today's episode. Yeah, we got a special one today. I don't want to tease it too much, but uh, decided to venture a bit out of the hockey world and, and talk to one of the top Canadian golfers on the PJ Tour right now. So great conversation with him, but uh, we'll leave that for later. Yeah, before we bring him on, we thought we'd just go through some of the reviews that uh, some of our loyal listeners have left us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate them all. Um, but yeah, I thought we'd just go through them quick and we can give some shout outs if we know them. So yeah, the first one's from Sexy Eric and he says, love listening to these charming men talk some hockey. These guys get it, minus the Hab slander. Also, they've had some great guests. Looking forward to more going forward. Yeah, I know Eric from Guelph, uh, and he's a big Habs fan, so he doesn't appreciate some of the hate we threw their way uh, earlier in the season. Hey, well, we've eased up on the Habs lately, and uh, no, Eric, we'll, uh, we'll lay off the Habs a bit moving forward, but uh, tough game tonight against the Leafs for sure. Yeah, we had to lay off the Habs. A uh, couple episodes we called them out for being on the decline, stuff like that, uh, and they'd go out and win three straight that next week and kind of make us eat our own words. So, uh, yeah, we'll lay off them for maybe the rest of the season, Ricky, but... You know, come playoff time, if it's Leafs-Habs first round, all the smack talk's going to be flying around. So. Oh, 100%. All right, so let's move on to the second review. This one comes from a Tony Tecker. Uh, I'm not really sure who that is, but uh, the title of their review is The Best Hockey Pod. So that's that's a nice compliment. And uh, the review reads, I really enjoy getting the inside scoop on some great NHL players, along with learning some uh, facts about them from outside the hockey world. Plus, I get some awesome tips from the hosts for my fantasy leagues. Keep it coming, fellas. Yeah, I can guarantee you Tony's not winning his fantasy league if he's been listening to us, but appreciate appreciate the review. That's awesome. Um, it's awesome to hear you compare us to some of the, the best pods out there, so appreciate that, Tony. Yeah, spitting chiclets who? <laughs> We're coming for you, Biz. <laughs> yeah. Third and final one for this week. Uh, this one comes from Trevor Dovsky, which is actually uh, co- one of the coaches of the local junior C team here in Oxbridge that I work with. Uh, so... What he says is great podcast so far. Love there are no ads, LOL. You guys get straight to the point and bring the guests on right away. Well done. Well, sorry, Trevor, we didn't bring them on right away. This time we had to read these reviews. Yeah, we also have no ads because uh, we usually screw up the reads when we do have one. So I don't know who really wants to work with us right now. Hey, I, I admitted to my mistakes. And I think I still think that new slogan for the can- for my boo candles is, is better than they had before. So. <laughs> Yeah, you gave him a little rebrand. Yeah, yeah. so that's awesome. Thanks, guys, for uh, leaving the reviews. All five-star, by the way, which is nice. Um, but to those who haven't left a review, go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, give us five stars, leave a review, let us know what you think. Uh, we really appreciate it. But Matt, do you want to uh, introduce our guest before we get going? Yeah, today we are joined by a very special guest, born and raised in Listowel, Ontario. He was the winner of the 2019 Valero Texas Open recently coming off seventh place finish at the players a t4 performance at the rbc heritage and of course as everyone knows back-to-back top 10 finishes at the masters we are pleased to welcome Corey connors to the podcast Corey, thanks for joining us today lovely intro thanks very much glad uh, glad to join you guys yeah thanks for taking the time to uh to meet with us uh, i know we're a hockey podcast and uh you're a golfer but um, we're gonna do our best to kind of bounce back and forth between both topics um a lot of our fans love golf a lot of hockey players you know both sports go together really well so um we'll talk a little bit about both but yeah how's everything going right now where are you at yeah everything's going well um 
in uh, Tampa, Florida, playing the Valspar Championship this week. Um, just finished up uh, round one today. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, a good weekend here. And uh, going to be playing in Charlotte next weekend. So been quite a busy stretch for me. I was actually home uh, in Jupiter, Florida last week for a much-needed uh, rest and break in the action. Uh, played quite a few events lately. So um, that was nice, but excited to you know, be here in, in Tampa and looking forward to the next few weeks as well. Yeah. So what does the next few weeks look like for you? Are you pretty lined up with tournaments or do you have any other off weeks coming up? Yeah, I'm going to play uh, playing this weekend uh, next week. Then I'm going to be uh, off the following week before another major championship, the PGA, which is uh, Kiowa in South Carolina. So pretty excited uh, for that one. I you know, anytime you get to play in a major, it's definitely special. And my game's been pretty solid. So I'm looking forward to um, trying to put my game to the test there. I think uh, the golf course will suit me pretty well. Um, yeah, uh, I've got a week off before that. And then going to play a few more events following, uh, following the PGA leading into the U.S. Open. I was disappointed that RBC Canadian Open got canceled again this year um but i'm sure you know everyone understands um the reason for that uh, just kind of bummed it's one of my favorite events it's fun I don't get to play in front of the the home crowd you know as you would in hockey very often and the the feeling of playing up there is pretty special for me and you know i'll have to look forward to next year uh for that i guess and then um, after that, uh, hopefully we'll make the Canadian Olympic team and play golf at the Olympics. That would be kind of a dream come true. Golf's new to the Olympics, uh, was new to the Olympics in 2016. So, um, it wasn't really a childhood dream I had because golf wasn't played in the Olympics, but once it got announced that I was going to be in the Olympics, I definitely had my sights set on trying to continue to develop and, uh, try and make the team someday. So I'm in a great spot for that. And that'd be pretty fun uh, at the end of the summer this year. Yeah, it's it's really lining up to be kind of a whirlwind next few months for yourself. Um, and, and we'll kind of get into your career as we go, but let's go right back to the beginning. So Matt mentioned you're from Listowel, Ontario, a real small town for the listeners who don't know that, which probably most of them wouldn't. Um, it's just kind of north of Guelph, Kitchener area, right? About 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, those were the two cities we, we traveled to and we needed to go shopping or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And people might know it just based on uh, the, the famous TV show Letterkenny, uh, which is based on Listowel kind of. Um, how accurate, have you watched Letterkenny yourself? Yeah, I've watched it. It's so funny being from there and they, you know, they do a pretty good job. They pretty much nail it. It's, you know, hilarious that kind of different groups of people, <laughs> um, yeah. they obviously take you know, things to the extreme a little bit, but it's, uh, it's pretty accurate. It, it's funny. So were you one of the, you know, farmer kids growing up or were you one of the hockey boys? Uh, I don't really know where I fit in. I wasn't really a <laughs> farmer. You know, I grew up in the town, so didn't, uh, wasn't doing chores every day, but, uh, they portray the hockey players to be, I don't know, pretty full of themselves. And I wasn't really that either. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So going into your, uh, your childhood, you were a two-sport athlete, um, you know, played ho hockey in the winter, golf in the summer. Was there a, a sport that stuck out for you even growing up that, you know, you really wanted to go pro at or um, was either or an option? Yeah, it was kind of 
I don't know. I kind of went back and forth, you know, during hockey season, I'd want to be a hockey pro and in the summer playing golf, I'd, you know, envision myself as a golf pro. Uh, I was pretty good at both. I played a bunch of other sports in high school as well, volleyball and badminton. Um, you know, just tried to be an athlete and have fun you know, during my youth. I think that's really important for you know, kids growing up right now is, you know, try and play different sports, meet different people, develop different skills. Uh, but I wasn't probably ever quite good enough to think I had a chance of playing pro hockey. Um, fairly realistic mind, and I knew it was pretty tough. I, I did play on some competitive teams, and it was it was pretty good. But definitely, uh, golf took over uh, when I started getting into high school and saw a brighter future with that. And you know, I guess we're we're here now. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that was probably a good decision. Probably made the right decision. Uh, looking back, not battling uh, in the pro leagues or minor leagues of, of hockey. Um, yeah, so I love both sports, and like you said, played both. Uh, probably started when I was four years old playing hockey and golf, and played hockey up until I went to university. Yeah, you, you played just in your town list school, right? I played for the Huron Perth Lakers Triple uh, A team when I was um, just before going to high school, and then when I got into high school, kind of switched my main focus into golf, and then I played uh, for the list school uh, local team and the high school team. Yeah, so we actually pulled up, I don't know if you've heard of this database, but in the hockey world, there's this site called Elite Prospects. We noticed on your U18 year, you had 33 points in 45 games. That's not a bad little stat line. So um... I moved back to defense as well, I think. Oh, wow. Were you a playmaker? <laughs> I, I think they needed someone with some brains on the back end. So I uh, went back to, uh, back to defense, trying to keep the puck out of our net. I was never really that offensive. I was more of a more of a setup guy I think taking care of the other people I was always afraid to shoot for some reason I'd love to change that going back but uh can't do that so I don't know I was always pretty smart always good position player and um I guess I got a couple points yeah we saw um in high school you guys won a provincial championship so was that with the high school team and uh, if so how hard was it to make that team like how much competition was there at such a small school uh did everyone make it or did you have to do a tryout we won the provincial championship with our Listwell midget team. Um, we had a really good high school team as well, where we went on a, a bit of a run. Uh, my grade 11, grade 12, I think it would have been. But I think in grade 11, um, we won the midget all Ontario for B or double B, whatever there. Whatever, whatever Listwell is, yeah. That uh, that was really exciting. Um, our high school hockey team was pretty competitive there was some other uh, towns, sort of smaller towns than Listville even, if you can imagine that, uh, around. And kids from those towns would come to the Listville High School. So there was a little bit of competition you know, for making our high school team and same thing making our uh, you know, local midget rep team. Yeah. And were you a Leafs fan growing up? And if so, who's your favorite player to watch? Yeah, I was definitely a Leafs fan growing up. Big Matt Sundin fan. You know, he, was, he was the man when I was a kid. Um, my favorite player was Paul Correa always uh, oh. growing up. So uh, I wore number nine because that was him. But I do remember a lot about Matt Sundin and his skill and how big he was was pretty impressive to watch. Yeah. And so you're still a Leafs fan today, I'm assuming, or have you switched over to the Lightning? Yeah, big uh, big Leafs fan still. I uh, try and catch as many games as I can. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch. And 
excited for this year, but don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, they're playing pretty well this year. Uh, looks like they're going to finish first in the division, and uh, who knows, maybe they'll play Montreal in the first round, which would be pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, moving towards golf when you were a kid growing up in Listowel, uh, I know there's a really nice course there, so did you grow up playing that most of your life, or did you kind of play around all the courses in the area? I worked there all through high school, and um, that's where I played most of my golf. Really fortunate to you know, grow up in a small town, have access to a really great golf facility, good practice area, and 27 holes of golf. Uh, now there's always some extra space out there, so I could go sneak around and um, you know play a few holes and practice on the golf course as well. Getting to know the staff and the members, everyone was really supportive of me growing up. So I was really lucky to have access to that facility and be able to just play whenever I wanted. Yeah, it was, it's a beautiful course. I was actually there last summer and I was playing with Teddy, who you know. Um, and yeah, I was I was astounded that that kind of course was in a town like Listowel. <laughs> what is the population of Listowel, by the way? Uh, I think it's up to around like 8,000. So it's it's really booming right now. I think uh, it's, it's grown a little bit over the last few years. Awesome. And then in high school, so you won the 2010 Ontario Amateur. Was that kind of when you first burst onto the scene? And um, when did colleges start reaching out to you about, um, you know, coming for a scholarship opportunity? Uh, that was when I was 18, when I won that uh, Ontario Amateur. Uh, I had already committed to go to Kent State at that point. And um, I was on the Canadian national team. Uh, it was my first or second year on the Canadian national team. So I had played pretty well before, but that was kind of when I first started winning some tournaments. I won a a uh, big international junior tournament that summer as well. Um, but as far as the universities, I started getting recruited pretty young, um, playing, I played in the Canadian junior championship. And I remember meeting the coach from Kent state or seeing the coach from Kent state, uh, out at some of the events. And, uh, as soon as he was allowed to kind of talk to me, I don't remember what age you are, but he, he uh, as soon as that, that was able to take place, he you know, reached out and sat down with me and uh, offered me a, a scholarship to go there. And that was, you know, he was really the first one in there. And um, that's kind of where I wanted to go. I had some friends who were a couple of years older who had committed to go there or, or were there. And um, that was probably when I was 16 or 17. Um, so just a little bit before uh, I won that, that tournament. Yeah. So you ended up, um, you know, attending Kent State on a golf scholarship and you studied actuarial science i don't even know if i'm saying that right and can you maybe explain to our listeners and to ourselves what that even is yeah good uh good question i um yeah study actuarial mathematics or actuarial science it's uh finance or insurance based mathematics uh risk assessment so the people that price insurance policies whether it's your car insurance or life insurance is a big one for actuaries uh, they figure out how much you need to pay for that. And they're, they're the ones crunching the numbers behind the scenes. So not a very exciting job, I would say, but it was really fascinating to learn about. And I liked the uh, sort of arm of actuarial math that uh, had to do with finance and financial engineering and learning a little bit about the stock market. So always was a numbers guy and uh, enjoyed studying that. Yeah. If you weren't an athlete, do you think you'd be working in finance right now? I think so. I, it's hard to say. I can't really imagine myself enjoying uh, sitting behind a desk, you know, having 
been able to work outside for the last number of years. Uh, it's hard to picture, but possibly somewhere. I, I do have a bit of a passion for math. I really like numbers and I think uh, I would have found something in that sector. Yeah, so that's quite the um, major to have when you're a D1 scholarship athlete. Um, what was that like to balance, you know, your academics with playing golf all the time and, and training, I'm, I'm sure? It was definitely really tough. I think golfers are the student athletes that miss the most amount of school because when we travel to a tournament, we're not just like going for a day for the game. We're at a tournament for, you know, like four days. So missing a lot of class and traveling a ton. So it was definitely a bit of a challenge. Uh, but our coaching staff, our coach, Herb Page, he had been there for a number of years and he had a really great structure to the program. He made sure we were on top of our academics and um, still, you know, worked hard at golf. But basically, um, when we were at school, all I remember doing is practicing, going to class, practicing and studying. Um, didn't have a lot of time to, to do much else, but um, I always found math to come to me pretty quickly. So I didn't have to study crazy hard, but it had to be on the ball to make sure I didn't fall behind in the classes. Like I said, we did miss quite a few. Yeah, I'm sure not a lot of your teammates were taking the same course as you were either. They were not. <laughs> yeah, and then fast forwarding. So 2014, you were the runner up at the US Amateur. And that gave you eligibility into kind of your first scene on the PGA Tour, which was the 2015 Masters. So what was that experience like, you know, going to Augusta for the first time and seeing and playing alongside some of these guys that you watch growing up? Yeah, that was a, definitely a, a highlight of my career, getting to, to play in the Masters at a young age. It was a little bit of an, little bit of an eye-opening experience uh, as well. I hadn't played an event like it in my life. You know, everything was pretty new. A little bit to adjust to that. I didn't perform my best, but it was a great learning experience for me. And uh, it really motivated me to try and, you know, earn my way back there or earn my way onto the PGA Tour. Um Life's pretty good for the, for the guys. You get treated really well at, at all the events, especially at Augusta for the Masters. You know, they, they treat the players so well. And it, it was really cool. Got to play the first two rounds there with Mike Weir, who I idolized growing up, uh, another Canadian golfer, and, um, obviously a Masters champion himself in 2003. So that was really neat to get to play with him. And after I hit my first tee shot on Thursday in the first round, I was you know, super nervous first tee ball, uh, hit it right down the middle. And he kind of put his arm around me as we were walking off the tee and just, you know, said nice shot. And that, that feels pretty special to remember that feeling, something like that. So that was kind of cool uh, to share with someone who at the time, you know, was one of my idols and he was you know, being, being nice to me. So really cool to, to get to play there and definitely, would have liked to play better, but what I learned in that experience has definitely helped kind of shape my progression and shape my path to where I am now. Yeah, that's an awesome uh, experience to be able to kind of play with Mike Weir, obviously a Canadian legend when it comes to golf. Um, yeah, so going to the next year, 2016, you're on the web.com tour. Um, just maybe give a brief explanation of what that is to some of our listeners who might not know. Yeah, so it's like, um, would be kind of equivalent to like the AHL for, uh, uh, hockey terms the you know second best tour in North America really and it's kind of the pathway to get to the PGA tour um, if you perform well there um, you can earn a PGA tour card so it's kind of the a stepping stone 
um, from the college ranks to, to the pro tour. And it's pretty, pretty much the only way to get to the PGA tour, unless you're a freak of nature, like, uh, a Jordan Spieth or, or something like that, or I guess Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf, uh, now they've two young guys who kind of skipped over the, the web.com. Uh, not very, doesn't happen very often. Um, but a lot of guys, you know, out of hockey players out of junior or college getting drafted, you know, first few first stints going to probably not be in the NHL. It's going to be in the, the AHL or developing themselves until they're ready to go. So web.com was, was great to play out there. Really, really talented players playing strong fields. Uh, got to play some, you know, great courses and you have to play really well or you'll get, get left behind. Fortunately, I was able to have a consistent year and earned my uh, PGA Tour card just after one season. Yeah, and then you joined the PGA Tour, and uh, it didn't take you too long to get your first tour win. Um, it came back in April 2019 at the Valero Texas Open, and it was actually a really interesting process on how you even qualified to get into the tournament. Um, and just so, just walk us through what really went down and, and uh, kind of what how crazy that win even was. Yeah, that's right. It was a bit of a good timing or good fortune. Um, a lot of that actually that week. Yeah. I played in a qualifier to get into the field. I was kind of in a funny spot where I was a member of the tour. Uh, but that particular event, uh, the field size wasn't quite as big. So my number or status didn't get me into the field. So I had to play in the qualifier. I had already, uh, had a number of good finishes on tour that season. Um, so it was just kind of taking a flyer playing for a bonus week. If I got in, if not, it didn't really didn't really matter that much. Anyways, qualified. I sunk a birdie putt on the 18th hole to get into a playoff. Six people in a playoff for the one spot. And was it birdied the first playoff hole and got through and uh, had to, you know, felt like I was playing well uh, to qualify or to play in those Monday qualifiers to get through. You have to have a really solid round. You have to kind of play a little more aggressive than you, you would like to. Um, you have to shoot a low score or you, or pack in your bags. Um, so I had good feeling about my game going into the Valero Texas open that, that week after qualifying, just tried to keep sort of that aggressive mindset and was able to put uh, four good rounds together. And then on the Sunday, especially like when was the first time it crossed your mind that, you know, it's like, Holy shit, I might win this thing and get acceptance to the masters. Yeah. I was pretty good at keeping that out of my mind. You know, there was playing with a couple of the other players who were, you know, behind me and kind of always knew anything could happen. It wasn't really until the final hole. Um, I made a birdie on 17 and that gave me a, what I thought was going to be a two, but ended up being a three shot cushion. Um, Charlie Hoffman, who I was playing with missed a short birdie putt. And so I had a three shot lead and on 18 kind of knew wasn't going to screw it up. Um, I felt like I could wiggle, wiggle it in and, uh, then just walking up the fairway there on 18, especially after hitting the green, it's like, holy, I'm going to the Masters. This is uh, this is crazy. I'm going to be a, a tour winner. So it's that that feeling was pretty amazing. My wife Mallory was there and got to, you know, share that with her. It was it was pretty sweet. Didn't really have a lot of time to celebrate. We were uh, straight to the airport almost and flew to Augusta, which was a nice uh, change of plans instead of flying home uh, to Florida. Yeah. Did you get any moment or, or time to just kind of sit back and then take it all in and enjoy it? Or was it pretty much right away you had to go? Yeah, it was pretty much right away. I had to do some media stuff and they had some sponsors. I 
pre-COVID, they had a sponsor party and I, uh, whatever, took a bunch of pictures, had a few drinks with uh, a bunch of the sponsors and said a few words and then basically went to the airport. It was a bit of a, bit of a whirlwind uh, situation, but Valero was nice uh, and we got to ride in their corporate jet to Augusta. So that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty sweet. Got to settle down uh, a little bit, sitting on the plane and uh, reply to some text messages and, and stuff like that. That's first class treatment there. And then, yeah, so your second, second master's appearance, um, did you feel a lot more comfortable that time around? Yeah, I definitely felt comfortable, um, felt confident in my game. Obviously, I just played really well. Um, but yeah, I was probably a little fatigued by the end of the week. I got, my, gave, got myself in a good position, gave myself kind of a chance going into the last round and um, you know, didn't, didn't finish off as well as I would like. But uh, like I said, probably running out of gas a little bit. Uh, the adrenaline was still pumping in the first few rounds and kind of wore off uh, on the Sunday round. But again, good learning experience for me. And uh, it gave me a lot of confidence, um, you know, knowing that I could give myself a chance uh, at that golf course and kind of shown that the last uh, last couple Masters I've played in that course sets up well for me. I kind of have a good feel for it. And um, if I just play my game, I can get myself in the mix. Yeah. So those last two Masters um, in 2020, you finished tied for 10th. And in 2021, you finished seventh. So um, what were those like, uh, you know, being in that hunt at, at the Masters on the Sunday? Uh, what's, what's kind of the atmosphere and what's going through your mind? Yeah, there, there's nothing quite like it, but both of the experiences were kind of unique. So in November, there was like no fans, no spectators. Uh, so my wife was there and my coach, just very few people. It was kind of weird because it's, you know, such a big event, such a big deal. There's not a lot of people <laughs> watching, um, but that was, you know, it was pretty fun to experience the golf course like that and, you know, just appreciate, you know, where you were. And this, uh, this year, this spring, um, they didn't have full capacity, but a limited capacity of, of patrons or spectators. And they, um, you know, made it a little more exciting, but definitely uh, pumped up the pressure a little bit, pumped up the nerves a little bit as well. So it was, you know, again, felt pretty comfortable, but you always know what you're playing for. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough event to win uh, for, for a very good reason. Yeah, I have to ask as well. You were all over the headlines all week, but at one point in particular, your hole-in-one, I believe it was on the Saturday. Was that your first hole-in-one in your career, and what was going through your head uh, during that time? Yes, pretty amazing moment. Uh, I was happy there was some people there to, to celebrate, and it got pretty loud, which was was fun. Uh, yeah, not easy to make a hole-in-one. <laughs> that was uh, you know pretty special. I've, it's my second hole-in-one on tour. Uh, but I've actually made ten, it was my tenth uh, of my career, so I'm struggling for one. <laughs> yeah, they don't come easy, but uh, I give myself uh, I get a lot of chances at them playing so so many rounds of golf. But um, obviously, probably would would be my biggest hole in one. Uh, you can't get on much of a bigger stage than that. That was was pretty special. Funny story about that. I um, you know got my ball out of the hole, and the fans were cheering. There was a guy overheard him say, "Oh, throw me your ball, or I'd love your ball." So I you know, fake, you know, basically fake threw it to him or pretended I was going to throw it. And he stood up and was like, had a big grin on his face, tried to like, was ready for the catch and kind of gave him a, gave it a fake toss. And I was like, 
no way I'm throwing that away. <laughs> he was like, oh. oh man, you got me. <laughs> he was so excited for a second, but I really crushed his hopes. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and another really cool th- thing that came out of that was uh, Tim Hortons. So up here in Canada, our, our big coffee shop, they actually made a donut uh, after your hole-in-one. So what, what was that like to see someone like Tim Hortons making a donut after you? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't get uh, didn't get my hands on one, but I don't have a lot of Tim Hortons uh, down in the southern United States. But yeah, unbelievable. Not something that I would have ever expected. Something that uh, was pretty cool of them to do, and I uh, got a lot of pictures and messages about that. So it's definitely pretty special. And uh, thanks to Tim Hortons for a nice gesture. Yeah. It's, it's wild that, you know, back-to-back top 10 finishes. What is it about Augusta that really just sets you up so well for your game? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the most important things is your iron play at Augusta, and that's kind of one of my strong suits, one of my strengths. been a top iron player on the PGA Tour for you know, the last few years, and having really good control into those greens is vitally important, and that's definitely uh, been something that has helped – you know, make the course as easy as possible and kind of take some stress off uh, other parts of my game by, by hitting good iron shots. That's something that you've really focused on over your career or is it something you've always kind of just been your, your strong suit of your game? Yeah, it's, it's something that's always been a strength of mine. I, you know, don't really remember ever being a weakness. Um, you know, typically over the last few years, my weakness has been, you know, on the greens or around the greens. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to continue the solid ball striking and been able I focused a lot of my you know practice on shots around the greens on the greens putting and wedge play and my uh, good iron plays kind of stuck with me which is I'm quite happy about and hopefully that continues because it's definitely a good thing to be proficient at yeah it must be nice to just kind of have a good stroke that's something that I cannot relate to so yeah good tempo hit it solid it's a secret it's no secret you've had a lot of success this year and you've really faulted up the world golf rankings. And, you know, that's kind of the basis you mentioned it earlier for um, the Olympic team. So, you know, with your busy schedule, have you started looking towards the Olympics and, you know, the possibility of being selected and what would that mean for your career? Yeah, I've definitely, it's definitely been on my radar. Um, I'm, you know, trying to take it week by week and focus on playing good events. Um, yeah, definitely thinking about it. I'm excited about it in a good spot for making the team and yeah, it'd be a, a pretty unique experience, something that would be pretty sweet. Although started to get some of the info um, about it, you know, some of the COVID restrictions and uh, it won't be, you know, like a normal year. There are no spectators, which will be a bit unfortunate. And I, I just think it'll be, you know, a little more locked down around the athlete village and um, around some of the other venues. So I don't know how much access, that uh, the athletes will have, but you know, I guess uh, hopefully we can keep playing well and uh, we'll get there. I think it'll be uh, really neat to represent Canada and a really neat experience. Yeah. And have you ever been to Japan? I have been to Japan actually a few times. There's a tour event in Japan uh, I've played in and I've played a few, I uh, played a junior tournament in Japan and a couple amateur events in Japan. So I think I've been there three or four times uh tokyo is a beautiful city um my wife and i uh, traveled around there when we were there i think it would have been the fall of 2019 for uh, a pga tour event it was a lot of fun you big sushi guy 
Uh, yeah, I uh, love sushi. It's a little bit different there. Some of the stuff, uh, not much food scares me, but some of the things uh, that are still kind of moving around on your plate over there uh, are a bit frightening. Yes, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, so you've mentioned, you know, the Olympics, the Masters. Obviously, those are some goals um, in your mind that you want to achieve before your career is done. But is there anything else that's on the Corey Connors career checklist, if you will, that, you know, you really want to check off before you're done playing golf? Yeah, I, I see myself playing golf for quite a long time, um, you know, winning a major championship, you know, winning the RBC Canadian Open would be, you know, two things that are, are really high up there and, you know, what I hope to achieve in my career. Um, but like I said, hopefully can be on tour for uh, quite a long time and kind of just feel like I'm just getting started. So I can continue to, you know, improve and um, keep having fun out there, I think, I'll have a very successful career. Yeah, that's one nice thing about choosing golf over hockey is uh, in hockey, your career would on, would be winding up soon. So, <laughs> Yeah, pretty pretty lucky. And, you know, Champions Tour could be an option as well, uh, over 50, if that uh, that's still around when I get there. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy with my uh, choice and, and, you know, pursuing golf. And it's worked out well so far and hopefully can enjoy it for uh, many years to come. You've been on the tour now for a few years. Are there any courses that stick out as your favorites to play? I think August, taking August out of the uh, equation oh, of course, because yeah. probably uh, the most special um, or one of everyone's favorites. Uh, I really like a uh, golf course coming up next week. It's uh, Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I just love the aesthetics of it uh, the views uh, some of the holes are there's a lot of really tall trees basically and really tall trees kind of frame a bunch of the holes which i really like and then uh it's it's got an exciting finish as well but really like that one and then uh, the course that i won on i think it's one of the more underrated courses on tour it's an exceptional golf course tbc san antonio it's it requires you to do everything really really well and uh those are probably my top couple yeah, that's awesome. And then going to uh, golfers that you've played with, is there anyone that really sticks out that you've played with where it was like, wow, like, I, I mean, I'm just thinking a lot of people talk about Tiger. Have you even had the chance to play with Tiger? No, I've never played with Tiger. Uh, I've been, you know, playing the group behind him or group in front of him a few times and I've seen him around the, the tour once in a while. Um, yeah, he obviously is one of the, the greatest to, to ever play. Um, so I would like to get a chance to play with him someday. We'll see if he can recover from his latest uh, injury setback. But uh, one guy that stands out is Dustin Johnson, you know, number one player in the world right now. He's really impressive. He doesn't have a single weakness in his game. You know, he, he hits it really good. He hits it really far. And, uh, you know, just no flaws that you can really see. Were you in his group at the RBC Canadian Open a couple of years ago? Yeah, in uh, Hamilton. I played with uh, Dustin, yeah. Yeah, I was actually in the crowd for that one. So I was sitting up on the 10th uh, green. I was in the booth with some of my friends. There's a lot of lot of people out there the few days. That was yeah. pretty cool. It was an awesome event. Yeah, and, and other Canadian golf news. So your good friend, Taylor Pendrith, he just got his PGA Tour card. Um that's super exciting for him and, you know, someone that you've played with in the past. Uh, have you been in contact with him since since him receiving his card? Uh, I talk to him, you know, pretty much every week. He lives uh, at my house. Oh. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're best friends. Uh, we played, like you said, we played at Kent State together, played, you know, kind of progressed through the ranks. Uh, we're members of the same club in Jupiter, Florida, and 
uh, spent a lot of time together. So I'm super pumped for him. Um, I think he's got a really you know, bright future ahead of him as well. Games, you know, really, really good. Hits it far. He's got a great short game. So I think uh, can expect some really big things to come from him uh, on tour over the next few years. Yeah. And like we've kind of mentioned, you've, you've kind of emerged as, you know, the leading Canadian in golf right now. Um, is there pressure with that? Like, is there a lot on your shoulders to kind of be like, you know, I'm, I'm leading the golf in this country. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but. <laughs> no, not really. I've learned a lot of good lessons over the last few years where, um, you know, just have to focus on the right things when you're playing in events. Um, you know, it's fun to, you know, get some attention you know, off the golf course and the off weeks. But uh, when I'm playing, I don't really think about that too much. I'm just trying to stick to the plan, stay focused on, you know, my you know, shots and stay focused on what I, what I want to try and do um, each and every shot. So I would say I don't really feel that on the golf course. It, you know, it's, it's fun. Never thought I'd ever, you know, be in this position growing up as a youngster in Listowel. So definitely, um, you know, feel very fortunate to be where I am, but I've worked hard and um, yeah, just trying to embrace it and do the best I can. Yeah. And that, that hard work's really paying off. Um, like we've talked, we've had a lot of success lately. Um, and, and that kind of means that you've, you know, you've come into a little bit more money. So you bought a new house, you said in Jupiter, right? Uh, anything else though, that was kind of your first, you know, top of your list to buy once you, you know, you made your big payday. Yeah. Uh, I think in the fall in 2019, you know, after I'd won and had a successful rest of the season, um, bought a boat. So I lived close to the water in Jupiter, Florida and, got a boat to cruise around the intercoastal and do some fishing and cruising around, uh, in the ocean. Um, that was probably the, the big, how big is it? It's a scout boat, uh, scouts, the brand it's a center console. Um, uh, it's around 25 feet long. So it's relatively, uh, relatively small compared to a lot of the other boats, uh, in the area, but it's been really fun to, to cruise around on. And, um, my wife enjoys cruising, going for dinner. Uh, there's a lot of, places you can stop on the water so it's been quite nice having that what do you fish for down there uh whatever bites i'm a terrible fisherman but try and catch uh like snook and uh certain times of the year there's tarpon always flopping around in the water um redfish don't really go out in the ocean very much um have hooked onto a few sharks which haven't uh brought into the boat <laughs> for, for a number of reasons yeah. but uh yeah there's uh, wide variety of species cut a lot of barracudas um but pretty uh pretty beginner when it comes to the fishing yeah well that's awesome i think that's a that's honestly a good place to just wrap it um unless you have anything else matt no that's great uh really appreciate your time Corey. it was a pleasure kind of getting to know a bit more about your career and uh yeah we wish you the best of success moving forward especially over uh you know this exciting next few months of golf so Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. That was fun. Yeah, it's been really fun to go through your career and kind of get to know you a bit more as a person. Uh, and yeah, best of luck moving forward. And maybe we'll have you back on down the road. Right on. Sounds good. Oh. Thanks so much, Corey. Yeah, Corey. see you later. Awesome. Well, Jay, that was a great talk we had with Corey. You know, it was amazing to hear about his involvement with hockey and kind of his path to the PGA Tour. And uh, what were your thoughts on the conversation? Yeah, he's just he's such an amazing guy. It seems like, uh, you know, obviously going to school and actually studying something hard, which is something that a lot of um, D1 athletes don't do. 
um, you can tell he's, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders and, and it, it was really fun talking to him and kind of hearing about growing up and uh, playing hockey and golf and then, you know, learning a little bit more about how his path towards the PGA uh, unfolded. Yeah, no, totally agree. And it's been awesome to watch him grow over the last, you know, year. So I feel like if we had this conversation a year ago at this time, we wouldn't have asked him half the questions we did today. So, you know, he's really exploding on the scene and kind of making a name for himself on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, it was it was an awesome conversation. One of the best we've had so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like you said, he's he's had quite the last year and, and it's going to be exciting to watch you know, the next few months unfold, you know, heading towards the Olympics. And that's going to be really cool to see him uh, competing over in Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think you're going to dabble in any golf betting with the hockey season coming to an end now or what? Well, I mean, I think I'm going to have to. I think now that we've had him on the pod, I think it's going to, you know, every tournament has to be 10 bucks on Connors. Yeah, I'll be hammering him every weekend too until he <laughs> wins. So no pressure, Corey, if you're listening, but uh, you better win a couple this year. Yeah, so I guess we should probably talk a little bit more hockey before the end of the episode. Uh, and just really quick, I just wanted to touch on it. But that's uh, the Seattle Kraken, officially the 32nd team in the NHL, paying their final payment to the league to join it. So what are your thoughts on them? Are you excited to see kind of how they uh, build that organization? Yeah, well, I think it's been a long time coming for them. So super excited to see you know how it un- unfolds over the next year. Obviously, looking back at Vegas as the last expansion team and the success they've had has been incredible to watch. So hopefully Seattle can follow in their footsteps and uh, it'll be exciting to watch the expansion draft as well and see who they end up taking. Yeah, I think uh, we both talked about it a bit, but I think once we get closer to the expansion draft, we might do a special episode where maybe we do a mock draft or we break down uh, who Seattle might pick from each team. That could be a fun little episode. Oh, for sure. We'll have to do one and maybe give a, our predictions on who Seattle takes. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if any standing room only guests get taken to the Kraken or not. Yeah, well, who knows? After this interview, maybe Corey's going to get uh, selected. <laughs> I would love that. Dual sport athlete, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Well, I think that's been a great episode. It was a lot of fun um, talking with Corey and, and yourself. Um, I want to thank everyone again who's listening, you know, liking, following. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Um, and if you aren't yet, go follow us on Instagram at standingroomonly underscore pod. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And uh, we're excited to just keep pumping out episodes. <laughs>